Hello, boyos. Hello, boyos. This is Loner Games Cast, where we discuss that everything is video games. Uh, this week, we've got a guest. A guest, because uh, Jake is out of town and uh, he has other things to do and better things to do. So today, our guest is none other than Mischievous Vixen on Twitter, Twitch, and wherever the else you can find her. Um, Danielle. Yeah, how are you doing? Hey. How are you doing? I'm currently pissed off because oh. my audio is not working and I sound like shit. But at least I look good. Yeah, so look at great. least I got the camera working. You look great. Um, yeah. Um, so with that, uh, we're gonna also going to move down to what you've been playing. Since you're new to the whole thing, to this whole thing, uh, we go through like kind of what you've been playing and, uh, you know, how you enjoy it and what you think of it. So I'll pass the floor over to you. Well, I started streaming recently and I've been streaming Neon Abyss, which has been a lot of fun, roguelike platformer game. And uh, then I was like, well, let's test my computer a little more. And I've been hearing a lot about A Plague Tale and there's a lot of talk from E3 about it. So I downloaded that to give it a shot. And I really love that game. So that's been what I've been uh, streaming most of. And then this morning I was playing a little bit of Stardew. So I'm going to get back into playing that. Because uh, I could use some relaxation in my life. And I miss playing that game. It's been like a year since I picked it up. Nice. So what is what is a Plague Tale? You, you went into Neon Abyss. It's a rogue, rogue-like platformer. But what is a Plague's Tale? What would you like compare it to if you had to? Uh, I I love the gameplay of it. It's very familiar to The Last of Us and God of War. Uh, I was really surprised that it's on PlayStation only, or PlayStation on computer PC only, because um, I guess it's from a small studio. But it, it's your an older sister walking around France with her younger brother, and there's a plague that's going around, and thousands and thousands of millions and hundreds of billions of rats. Thousands and thousands yeah. and millions and hundreds of billions of rats. I like that. Yeah. That's really good. Um, it's really cute. There's not a lot of like puzzle stuff, but it's a really pretty game. The gameplay is smooth and then the storyline's pretty interesting. Um, and it, I was afraid it was going to be like a really scary game, but it's just a thriller that's, like, I guess, like an action thriller. Um, okay. And so if you enjoyed. God of War or The Last of Us, uh, I would definitely pick it up. It's got that that relationship, like father, daughter, brother, sister, older, younger person kind of a thing. And uh, just exploring the world. It's, cute. It's cute. Cute. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, a Plague Tale is a very cute game. You heard it here first, everybody. Um, cute. If you like a bunch of infested rats that will eat you alive in seconds, cute. Mm-hmm. Super cute. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I have been playing more of. Well, I haven't. I just got this from a friend. I've been playing uh, Call of Duty. What is it? Black Ops Cold War. It's all right. It's a Call of Duty game. It's a Black Ops game. It's the same bullshit. They even have the same maps from the older games in in there so it it's i don't like it as much as modern warfare or yeah i don't like it as much as modern warfare but it fills the gap 
between you know what what is out and what's coming out and what i'm excited for it's just a freaking shooter game that fills time um i've also picked up monster hunter stories 2 it's on the switch if you're interested in it it's kind of like pokemon but in the monster hunter universe there's a demo out now so it's free right and and it's very much pokemon you like go out and you fight it's turn-based battles it looks really cute it's very chibi-esque and um yeah you you just fight monsters with other monsters you can ride around on them and it, it seems to be a pretty cool story i'm not that deep in the demo maybe 30 minutes probably it's really cute um hopefully i'll be able to pick it up when it comes out and hopefully it gets good reviews um yeah, that's what I've been playing. That's what Danielle's been playing. Um, I guess moving on to the next part of the show, a segment that we lovingly call the titties here at the Lonacast. Um, that little tidbits of information, just gaming information. It may turn into full stories, but for now, it's just kind of like little little nuggets, little tidbits of news. Um, the little titties. The little titties. But they can grow. They can grow into bigger titties yeah. if we want to dive deeper into them. Um, the first one, Destiny 2 players are buying an emblem that isn't quite out yet. Um, and I said, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go dive deeper into this. So apparently, there are some people online who are, I forget what you call them, they're data miners. They find data within the, the code of the game and they're like, hey, look what I found, everybody. Well, they found an emblem that I guess it looks cool. I don't know what the emblem looks like, but it's not technically in the game yet. And what these people are doing is they're selling it to people who play the game for, I don't know, five bucks or whatever to, to get this emblem, uh, just so they can say, hey, I have an emblem that's not out yet, I guess. And... Um, so Bungie's like, hey, don't buy this emblem. It kind of sucks that we have to say this, but we were going to give it out for free. So Bungie's like out here trying to stop. They're, they're like pleading with these guys to stop hand, stop purchasing an emblem that they're going to get for free anyway. Um, so if you're one of these people who's like, Hey, I need an emblem. I play, De De I play destiny too. I'm going to buy it. Don't buy it because they've already said that they're releasing it for free for everybody on destiny day or whatever that is, which is the 7th of July, I believe. Cool. Uh, next one. <laughs> EA confirms battlefield 2042. will use bots to fill the 128 player servers. So Battlefield has come out and said, we're going to have these huge, massive 128 player servers so that you can, it feels like a real Battlefield, I guess. Um, but it sounds like they're not, they're not preparing for a whole lot of people to jump into servers, or maybe the servers can't handle a full playable 128 players. So they're putting bots into them. 
Because not enough people are playing online. Well, they, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. They say that it, because the, the game's not out yet. 2042 is not out yet. It comes out in like November right. or October. So that's like the Stranger Things like looking kind of game. Right. Battlefield? No. no. Oh, no. This is the cool looking one. It, it doesn't help. I don't have any visuals in front of me. And I'm like, wait, which one is, which, which shoot 'em up game is this? No, the 2042. Okay. Battlefield huh. is well, like. I guess that's interesting. So I guess your teammate could be a total bot. Yeah, your teammate could be a total bot. Um, so what they usually do with this is they usually, they they don't usually do this until a game kind of dies, where it's like nobody's really on anymore. So we're gonna fill the surfers with bots so that it looks like our game's alive. It's very odd to to hear that they're putting bots into servers day one. It's very it's just kind of strange. Um, might break the game too. All the bots. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know, or maybe not if they're using bots to test with it, and then they could. And then be. they slowly let people in because a lot of day one issues is like overload, too many people coming in at once. So maybe it's just a That's... feature they're using to start it out with. They'll get rid of, and then once the platform starts to die, maybe that's a way they can keep the online game alive. That's a very good point. They could, you know, yeah, instead of letting everybody on at once, it could be like, here's a server, it's full of bots, and then people slowly replace the bots as the game goes on or something like that. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's a good point. Um, we will find out soon enough. Um, uh, next one, River, the Fallout 4's dog meat. The dog named River, who played... Dog meat in Fallout 4 has uh, has died, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, he's a pupper. Puppers don't last as long as humans do. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Nick and I were talking about this news earlier, and I couldn't help but to keep it to myself. But I was like, sad news today. The dog that plays dog meat is dead. Good news. If you hate dogs, you can just play The Last of Us 2 and and, and kill as many dogs as you'd like exactly yeah so depends how you look at it i don't know next titty <laughs> next titty the last titty on the docket the oh, boys one that i found yes yeah. my titty my titty this, let me steal this wait me. this <laughs> you find you I take you take it away take it away you take yeah, you, all right you say this one so the show the boys on amazon uh posted on twitter but what would a The Boys video game look like? Which is hinting that there will be uh, uh, possibly in the makes a Boys, a The Boys, that's pretty weird to say, The Boys video game. So that could be Horizon. Uh, Maybe we'll hear some news about that soon. They are working on a season three of that game. Sure. And also a spinoff series as well about uh, Stoops University kind of a thing. Huh. So, there's definitely cooking up a bunch of content with that. And that'd be interesting to see as a game. Because it, it definitely wouldn't be like family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would. What What do you think the game would be? What if you were to play a the boys game? What kind of game do you think it would be? That's that's hard to say because it's not like a normal superhero game where they're usually pulling from different stories that have already been written. 
And I don't think it's going to be like how, you know, like back when we were kids, the way they made video games off of like a TV show or a movie, it was just playing the story that the movie already tell told. So I don't think it's going to be either of those. It might be like totally different new content. Um, it'd be cool if they did it in like Grand Theft Auto 5 style where you could, you have to like switch between, you know, which character you're playing as like, oh, I'm Franklin and now I'm not Franklin. One of the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that would be cool because they, they could really take that in a lot of different directions. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a boys, they like, uh, I, I like the idea of like a GTA open world sort of kind of fuck the city up however you want to um, kind of video game would be awesome because then you're playing as a homelander or you switch or maybe you even create your own character and they all have their own abilities i don't know that would be kind of cool too it'd be real interesting if they took it from a completely different uh perspective um, if you're not familiar with the show uh, it's about superheroes that are basically bred by the government and then marketed like celebrities um, so if they took it from the perspective as you're playing as someone from Vought and you're creating superheroes or like training them or doing like missions and kind of like with um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you're, you're, you're not really seeing it from the superheroes perspective, but another angle. Right. That could be an interesting take, too. What it, what that's what's nice about what? No, go for it. Go for it. That's what's nice. I about. think that's what's nice about uh, when they take a show or a movie and then turn it into a video game. Because you can just dive in in different ways that the show can't tell. Can't right. Tell the story. Yeah, you you made this point when we were talking earlier about how it's most of the. I mean, I know it kind of kind of gives away the end of the show, but most of the um, the the TV shows that are out right now kind of draw from a specific source and you were telling me that like video games is probably a better source uh than um than tv shows if you say you like writing a book or something and it's it, it'd be a better source to put that into a video game where you can really dive into characters and stuff rather than a tv show that's you know 16 hours Whereas a video game can be upwards of 30 hours. 30, 60, 120. Depends how good they make it, right? I guess so, yeah. Because yeah. uh, when I look at The Witcher and how much I love The Witcher, and they, that's like the perfect example of pulling from the source material, turning it into a whole world of fantasy. You can dive in and explore into it as much as you want. Where sometimes, even though a TV show, it's like, cool, you get an hour episode here and it's longer than a movie, you still can't quite dive into it the same way as you can with a video game. And, you know, uh, I, I hate to bring it up because I'm so heartbroken, but with Game of Thrones, I like to think, what would have it been like if they did that great storytelling, the first few seasons, um, in a video game instead of doing it through um, a TV series because it always seems like a TV series is a good way to do like a spin-off or add to it or look at things from a different angle but man if you could just like roam around Westeros and discover the story through that experience 
and which can still be you can still do an open world game and have it very cinematic as well right yeah that would be cool yeah it would be really cool to be like i don't know one of the guys that goes you know i don't remember the the show a whole lot but one of the guys that goes up into like um into the snow area up north past the past the wall you know it'd be kind of cool to like see that and then try to like survive the white walkers or whatever dangers are up there and try to get back down to the uh just kind of dive deeper into what those people do different lands like how in the witcher you have skellige and not skellige (laughs) all the other places you can really dive into different parts of the land well yeah there's skellige there's well you start in white orchard you got um oh my goodness the northern realms i forget what this is called already i i really need them to release that on playstation 5 i'm starting to forget what the what the uh, areas are called um yeah anyway we're probably diving moving on moving on we had an event just last week uh windows microsoft came out and they were like hey we have a new windows os or oh operating system yeah new windows operating system it's called windows 11 even though they told us they weren't going to release another windows like windows 10 was the last windows and they were just going to update it until it you know until they couldn't update it anymore um but they released like a 45 minute conference about showing off windows 11 and all the different things that it does and how it looks different and how it feels different um i don't know if you watched this but i watched it and i was I mean, it wasn't really necessary. I feel like it wasn't really necessary to have this conference because it looks pretty similar. Like the changes that are in this, yeah, sure. They updated like the the windows are now rounded edges and they like made that a big point in this conference. And um, instead of having your start button on the left, your start button and all of the little like programs you put in your toolbar are right in the center. Um, the... Uh, that you can now like split your screen into different sections um, for like task management and stuff like that. Um, The biggest thing for me though, in this, I don't know if you saw it, but when you have a second screen attached to your, your computer and you like unplug it, say you had a laptop attached to a second screen, you unplug it from that screen, it'll move all of your, all of your tiles to your laptop. And then when you plug it back in, it'll move them back perfectly, which is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, we weren't really expecting a Windows 11, but once I, I, I was like, Windows 11, okay, let's watch this video, see what it's about. And it's really cool though, all the different changes that they're making. They're really pushing for the change of, not really a change, but adapting more to tablets and phones and computers all being in one and working seamlessly together. And I think a lot of that push is coming from what Apple's been doing with their iPads and their computers um, and just how great they work together. But what Windows is doing that, in my opinion, Apple's not doing, um, is they're doing a lot of updates with how the apps also run on the program. They're now introducing all Android apps to work on desktop, which is 
awesome because I, I don't know. I used to own a, an Apple five years ago. Um, and I, I watch all the Apple conferences and I haven't seen them really do anything with updating their widgets. Like when you have your iMac, it just looks so dated with the way the apps and the widgets work. So there was nothing when I was an Apple owner for a reason of wanting me to integrate more products. Whereas with Windows, they're making it really easy to all of a sudden, boom, take your laptop to go, take your tablet, pop it on here, and it will save how you customize your screen instead of just having, like Nick was saying, um, you know, one rectangle here and one rectangle here. You can now have it like one rectangle, three things over here, and it's going to remember how you have that set up onto your other device, which is really nice, especially if you're like in an office setting and you're going to a meeting real quick and you just like connect your laptop. Uh, well, they're making that cross connectivity really useful. Well, yeah. Could you imagine if you like work as like a creative in a creative position and you have to give like presentations. So you just load your presentation into your iPad or well, it wouldn't be your iPad. It would be whatever your windows, uh, your windows tablet, your right? Tablet. <laughs> yeah. Your windows tablet, you plug it in, you like load it all up and then you go into the, to the conference room. And just plug it into your uh, into the the screen or your projector or something, and it all just pops up exactly how you wanted it to. You don't have to move around anything and go, "Oh, excuse me, I have to, you know, set everything up again for this this new aspect ratio." Um, yeah, it could it could really be good for that kind of thing. And I'm kind of excited. It looks really clean. I'm glad they're doing like the rounded edges. It, it just looks cleaner. Um, I hope they don't take away any options. That's like the biggest thing as I was watching this conference. I'm like, oh, but what did you take away that's customizable? Like what is proprietary now? What can't I change in this, you know? Um, yeah. Anything else on that, you think? Most that I saw. Um they're still integrating a lot of the touch stuff, but that's probably because of how much the operating system's now going to be on multiple devices. So that, that's good. It's cool seeing just, you know, you know, we had Windows 10 for so long and, and now it's moving. And it doesn't look like, you know, when Windows 10 first came out, we had all the tiles. Like, I hated that. And then they made the option to give you your toolbar and start menu back. So it's not like just, it's not that dramatic of a change this time around. Right. It, it looks a lot more useful. It looks like they're just scooting some things over, making things just look better. Um, I, I, I just remembered that they, uh, they said that you could use your apps that you use on your phone. You could use on the, uh, on your computer. And that's really cool. Cause like, if you have a game on your phone, you just switch it over to your computer and you're like, I'm going to continue playing this game, even though, you know, it's, I think that's really cool. So, so much easier to just scroll on TikTok while you're at work. Well, <laughs> yeah, that, that, but also like I was thinking about implications because, you know, uh, my friend group, our friend group is very split between PC and uh, PlayStation 4. You can't get the PlayStation app on your computer. It just doesn't work with Windows right now. But if that's they, if they, if it makes it, able if, if windows 11 is able to put the playstation app on there then we could talk through the playstation app through everybody maybe even 
maybe even the Nintendo, um, the Nintendo chat system, because that you have to open up on your phone too, right? Curious to how they're going to do that, because then if there's not an Apple equivalent, what are those app developers? You know, they're like, well, now half our Apple users they can't use this on their desktops. I wonder with the next Apple conference if they're going to try to, um, what's the word? Try to one up them. Try to like uh, recognize up, that. Yeah, try to step up their game a little bit and say we can do that too, you guys. You know, yeah, they really should. Um, and that's one thing. I, I mean, I'm an iPhone user, but what I love always loved about Androids was their widgets. And even after Apple recently last year introduced their widgets, it's like, okay, these are all third party and crap. Uh, what are you trying to right? Yeah. Like, stop putting things out unless it's fully polished and stop being 10 years behind on it when you do it. <laughs> well, yeah, but Apple, I feel like is just kind of coasting on their, on their previous success of like Steve jobs running the company. And now Tim Cook is just kind of like coasting. I feel like he's not taking any like steps or leaps where he's like, this will blow your mind. It's like, yeah, we upgraded this. We upgraded that. Everything's pretty much the same, though, you know, that for a while. But they have been, you know, bumping things up quite a lot lately, like in the past two, three years. Um, but anyways, enough about Apple. We're here to talk about video games. That's right. That's right. And we have some video game news for everybody. Um, this first piece of news, we're into the news now. Uh, Toys for Bob is not dead, apparently. Toys for Bob is not dead. I know everyone was kind of concerned when, was it, who bought them out? Activision? But Activision. The Activision studio. bought Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or took over. And they're, uh, you know, they said that they were going to take everything from Crash and Spyro and have everyone start working on Call of Duty Warzone. And so it's like, okay, so are we not ever gonna get a Spyro enter the Dragonfly? We still don't know. But uh, according to BuzzFeed, they reported that Apple TV Plus has greenlit two seasons of The Adventures of Crash Bandicoot, which should have Crash and Spyro in it. So I don't know if uh, they're going to halt on the video games completely or what, but there will be a kids TV show that's supposed to be released, expected uh, September later this year. But uh, it could be interesting, though, because two of the producers on the show are previous workers on Cat Dog and Invader Zim. So uh, I'm kind of curious on how that project will turn out. Well, if they're kids shows, I probably won't watch them. But it's really cool that, you know, they're moving what our um our nostalgia is to like younger generations you know you have like mario and it's like hey kids look it's mario this is way past way before your time but you still enjoy mario it's like do you know who spyro and crash bandicoot are no well you're gonna you're you're going to like it's 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 kind of cool it 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 links up um it connects you know like the the millennial and the uh the next one what is it gen z gen x i don't know what the next one is the gen z the gen zers yeah so it's kind of cool that they're doing that um yeah so i don't i don't think they're gonna 
the it, they originally said Activision owns Toys for Bob and they disbanded Toys for Bob and like absorbed them into the Call of Duty Warzone because Call of Duty Warzone was doing so good um, that they just needed more people over there. Um, so I don't know if they are going to have like a new studio or just have a couple of people from Toys for Bob working on the TV show just being like, yeah, this is how we would do it. This is what it is. But I, I doubt that we're going to get another Spyro or a Crash game anytime soon. Yeah, but, not anytime soon. But if this Apple TV Plus um, show does really well, then we might, you know? Yeah, because I noticed that was a thing um, around Christmas time 2019. Uh, I was talking to coworkers, all my coworkers way older than me. And I was telling them about the remastered Spyro trilogy and I was asking them about their kids because they're like, I don't forget Susie. And uh, I'm like, well, have you heard of this game? They might love it, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, no, I haven't. Um, so I think this is a good way for them to introduce it to those children who haven't seen it yet. Because right now it's really only millennials who know what, and like younger Gen Xers who really played the Spyro games and Crash Bandicoot. So this way, adults will then see their kids watching these shows and then see the game pops out later and it you know, might come full circle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, it, it's only good news, honestly, um, unless this, this show never comes out and it just gets canned. But for now, it's good news and we will see what the future holds for that. Um, I mean, this next one is just kind of a comment. You want to do this one? Yeah, maybe should have been a little titty. But uh, <laughs> so, um, Mass Effect's director, Mark Waters, uh, made a comment about video games make better, uh, make better TV adaptations than movies, which we were kind of touching on earlier. Just like, duh, a movie, you only get like, what an hour and a half to two and a half hours to tell a story or an adventure whereas you can take as much time as you want with a, a tv show which is really nice and you can explore the world so much more um and he was commenting on that because people were asking about the mass effect movie that was announced in 2010 and what happened to that and i think he was pretty much trying to sum up yeah it just crumbled apart because what's the point of taking a great video game and trying to scrunch it into something small unless it's uncharted and you have Tom Holland. Well, I mean, that's that's still, that's still, you. so you have a TV show. I was going to bring up The Last of Us. You have a TV show that like deals with all of these characters and all of these things from a video game where all of these characters have character, for one. They have like well-thought-out character. The dialogue is expansive the um the scenes all fit together a very specific way and i feel like if you take you pick and choose some of those things um and redo the last of us for like the way that it's they've been saying is like we're just going to retell the story of the last of us one and i'm like that is a terrible idea because yeah that game is pretty long and it goes through a lot of like points um and if you don't nail those points, then you're just, it's going to, all the timing is going to be off. It's going to feel like 
like you're missing something. The pacing is just going to be very off. Um, and then you just imagine that with like a movie, right? A two hour movie and, and just forget about your eight hour show, your eight, your eight episode, eight hour show. Um, you, you slam that even down closer to two, two and a half hours. Then you're really cutting off a bunch of necessary like emotions, character developments, relationships. You're, you're going to smother that into a two hour thing. And it's going to be really, um, really hard to get the point across and make it seem the same way that it would seem in a video game. Um, like, I don't I don't think you could take the Witcher. Somebody wanted us to talk about the Witcher again in chat. Um, well, I'm down for that. <laughs> so I don't think you can take the Witcher, which it took me on my third try. So I knew what I was doing mostly in my third try on my third playthrough. It took me 125 hours to beat the whole thing. I don't think you the can time. the third time. So like, yeah, I played through it. I played through half of it once. I didn't really like it. I tried, I picked it up, loved it, played through it all the way through. And then I bought the DLC and then I started it over and played all the way through again. So I knew how to play the first like two or three acts. Right. So I was kind of speeding through those. I knew, I knew the points that I had to go to and hit, but, um, the, I don't think you can take 125 hours in a video game and squish it down to two hours of a movie, unless you are only focusing on like one quest, you know, one, like if you're going to focus on, um, the, the red Baron and his family and like how his daughter and, and wife like run away, you know, unless you're focusing just on that, that story or, you know, Vesemir's story, you're just focusing on that, then I think you could get away with it. But like what's it, interesting with what they are doing with um the the Witcher Netflix series. Because mm -hmm. they're just telling the short stories through each episode. Right, which is great. And those short stories weren't told throughout The Witcher Three. Right. They're they're before, they're prequels. We so if you haven't like played or read the the books or played the older games you wouldn't know these stories like the you know Geralt's called the butcher of blaviken we don't see that in the game in the witcher 3 but we see it in the the very first episode of the witcher on netflix which is kind of cool i i wish they kind of got more into it and i i wish the tv show was a little bit stretched out a little bit longer but i understand that there's like money involved and you can't just you know be like we're gonna focus entirely on the butcher of blaviken story and just like stretch that out through eight episodes so they did it in one episode which is cool but then they focused on like other stories and it's it's really cool because that's kind of how the witcher is written it's all short stories about Geralt of rivia and his like his adventures i guess um and it works out really well for that, I, I think. It, it's very like comic books. It's very, um, it, it reminds me, it reminds me as if like I'm reading the book and you can, you, it, it's like watching the book almost. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so 
it's it's cool and i agree with mark waters or mac waters rather um that video games make better tv adaptations than movies because you can only get so much information from a movie it's so difficult to go backwards because even with uncharted it's like you know take uncharted 2 for example if they were turning that into a game uh into a game or into a (laughs) into a movie there's so much that they have to take out to retell that story so when i think of you know the tom holland version that's coming out i feel like um was it an uncharted 4 when you're playing a bit as young drake right Um, uncharted 3 that that is uncharted 3 yeah yeah there were parts in uncharted 4 too there may have been um anyways like taking that section of the game and blowing that up into a movie is a great idea because that there's so many times in video games where we play a moment and we're like wow that was so pretty that was such a good story i want more of that that i'm all for it to like big budget turn that into a movie for sure yeah exactly that's that's kind of what i was telling like if i could get the side mission in the witcher where he's helping the lady um with her frying pan (laughs) i want an entire movie where Geralt is just running into a burning building to save a frying pan that's all i want no but you know that it's it's that kind of you focus in on one little particular story and then you can make a movie about that or even with the last of us how they're coming out with that um you could focus on like the seasons right so with the Last of Us series, you just focus, the, the season could be winter, you know, and then you focus on winter and then the next season could be spring because the next season is spring. So you go yeah, like you, the season of the season, <laughs> the seasons for each. Se- there's a season for each season. That's yeah, that's cute. I like that. That would be really cool because it would be so cool to see like. You know, if there was a holiday special episode, what would it be like at the camps, you know, during like Christmas time? What are the type of gift giving that they do? Wow, you're um, you're thinking of this kind of like a community sort of thing. Like, oh, yeah, well, we, have to have like a, us, we have to have like a we have to have like a paintball see. sort of situation. And like, you know, a Thanksgiving where everybody gets around and, you know, cuts the turkey. But shenanigans arise because like how that would be different, because when you look at The Last of Us, too, uh, where Abby's camp is and how different that is, because they're like in a giant stadium versus Ellie's camp where they almost have like uh, their own like little homestead you know they got the buildings the shops and everything um right yeah it'd be cool to dive into the slice of life aspect of that what the everyday life is like it would be cool and that's i want like more i want i want different stories i want them to get away from ellie and abby and i want them to focus on like like I don't know what does London look like during this you know even if that was like a a movie like Australia Australia's got to be going through some different stuff like the the same stuff but like giant spiders take over yeah exactly like giant webs everywhere yeah exactly so like you could I feel like a show that's based on that same story but not telling the same story maybe in a different location would be much cooler and much easier to do than retelling something that they've already told and doing it well you know Uh, that's kind of my wish for it um but we should move on to the next one 
Okay. Uh, this one's kind of long. Assassin's Creed Valhalla director leaves Ubisoft for EA Motive. Um, it, this comes from Derek Nichols at Game Rant. Uh, he says the development cycle for Assassin's Creed Valhalla wasn't a normal one for many reasons. The development saw a few high profile members of the team depart both on their own accord and those who were forced out. But the most high profile being former creative director Ashraf Ismail, who was fired after reported sexual misconduct charges appeared online. On a completely different note, narrative director Darby McDevitt announced he was leaving Ubisoft after a decade to join with Illogica. I think that's how you say it. Illogica. Months after the launch and success of the game. Changes are again afoot for the particular series as Assassin's Creed Valhalla game director. Eric Baptizat has left uh, Ubisoft to join Electronic Arts. Baptizat has been at Ubisoft for 16 years, having a helping hand in some of the most popular Assassin's Creed games in the franchise, including Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. In addition, Baptizat held a senior role with Assassin's Creed Origin, a soft reboot of the series which added in RPG mechanics found in recent titles. Interesting enough, interestingly enough, neither Baptizat or EA has commented publicly on the move, which was apparently completed as far back as April. Um, uh, Baptizat now joins EA Motive, a studio uh, that has been in the press for a few weeks now, thanks to a rumored unannounced project it is working on. If the rumors prove true, Baptizat's experience with third-person action games should be incredibly valuable. With EA Play 2021 taking place next month, uh, rumors have begun swirling that the Star Wars Squadron studio has inherited an established and fan-favorite IP. While EA isn't saying what it is, fans have been convinced that the revival project is for Dead Space, a popular sci-fi horror series that the former studio Visceral created, uh, though hasn't been seen in a number of years. Um, reports indicate that this Dead Space revival is more of a reimagining rather than a direct sequel. Either way, fans are going to get hoping to get a glimpse at the new EA Motive project next month at EA Play. So yeah, uh, pretty much the director of Valhalla leaves and he goes and joins EA Studio, who is apparently remaking a new, uh, an old title reimagined from EA. Did you ever play Dead Space? Uh, minutes of it, and then I got too scared. <laughs> then you got too scared. Yeah, that, yeah, I love those games. Those games were so good. Um, but, you know, they're under EA, and it's kind of shitty. So I don't know if we'll ever get it, but EA Play should be pretty hype if they do deliver what everybody's wanting to deliver. Uh, what do you what do you think? I know you're you used to be an Assassin's Creed fan more recently than I was, and you've played. Confused. So this guy was like responsible for the soft reboot of Origins, but was also part of Black Flag. He was in Black. He 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 dates all the way back to Black Flag. Um, 
but he also worked on he he was a he was a senior he had a senior role in um in origins which was the soft reboot where they changed everything around so i don't know if he was directly involved in going yeah we should change the combat completely and the way this game plays completely and uh because they had a soft reboot uh, uh my brain's forgetting um before origins also and after black flag did they? they did with um yeah with unity and then they changed the controls with um, oh, you're well, right. unity was similar to black flag and then they changed the controls with syndicate and syndicate was pretty solid and then they're like let's do it again and then they changed it all up with um with origins um so i i wouldn't i was a big uh, as Assassin's Creed fan. Assassin's um, Creed, yeah. I was really excited for Origins. I really liked what they did with it. And then, as you know, but the viewers might not know, then I played The Witcher. <laughs> back and back to The Witcher. Every, it, it, all comes, it all comes back and, to The Witcher, doesn't it? And I feel like the gameplay style that changed with Origins more so than what they changed with syndicate it wasn't just like the controls it was the whole gameplay how much more open world it is and how you move around the map and everything uh, they greatly expanded on that but i felt like it was all very shallow and not well done but um but at the time before i played the witcher i thought origins was great and then i played the witcher and i was like this is how it should have been done um, but I haven't played anything newer than Origins, so I don't know if it got better or what. Um, I just haven't felt like putting money out to test it out and be disappointed again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get you, because I think the last one that I played and really enjoyed was Black Flag. Like, I played Syndicate. Syndicate was pretty good, but as soon as, like, Unity came out, it kind of, like, soured my taste for the whole Assassin's Creed thing, because it was just so broken. Many people didn't like Unity. Uh, even on Reddit, a lot of people who now go back and play Unity now that it's fixed. I, I, I don't know because I haven't played it, but some people are saying that they think that's like their favorite one. I might just be recalling one comment that I read. Um, but it could have been like a Witcher 3 thing even. Like the game coming out broken as hell and then the people who found it years later are like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, but not to that degree uh but a lot of people definitely hated unity but yeah unity syndicate everything before that's all like a different style everything changed with origins and i've only heard good things from people who have played odyssey uh junior just hopped in the comment chat and said uh you know he didn't like unity but he really did enjoy origins and odyssey hmm. okay and i know you played origins didn't you yeah i played through all of origins Okay. And you just didn't, it wasn't getting, getting to you? No, I liked it. And then you were like, if you like this, you'd like The Witcher. And then you ruined my life. I ruined it. I ruined video games for you. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I mean, like, that's, I even... that's the only game we should ever play now is The Witcher because I don't know if there is a better game. Um, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, this was huge. This is probably our biggest piece of news. Uh, Marvel's Avengers players complain after IP addresses are public re publicly revealed. This comes from 
Cat Bailey at IGN. Following an update that went live earlier today to 20 or 622-2021, Marvel's Avengers players are reporting that their IP addresses are being displayed on screen without their consent. Reports of the bug began circulating this morning with players posting screen caps of their IP addresses available for all to see. One player referred to this the bug as legitimately shut the game off bad. Marvel Avengers developers are currently testing a solution with a hotfix expected to go live at 8 a.m. on Wednesday. Uh, Crystal Dynamics advised PS5 players to continue avoid streaming or posting screenshots online until then. We are currently testing a solution to issue of... Uh, Let me start that quote over. We are currently testing a solution to the issue of personal information, including the player's IP address and username being displayed on screen uh, on screen on PS5 and plan to deploy a hotfix tomorrow around 8 a.m. via Twitter. Um, so that's scary. Too bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that patch went live or who, like, okayed that. Um, how come it's not a fix that they can't just boop, boop on? I know, right? Like, how is it taking them a week? Is it a week? Because it went earlier today. I don't know what that was. What was 6.22? Was that a Monday? I feel like it was Tuesday. So it took them a day to get their shit together and set this out. Um, it's kind of crazy. Just just like any... Your IP address is like super confidential, right? Like if you if somebody gets a hold of that, they can kind of fuck with your system a little bit um yeah when it comes to it's like kind of like putting your email address out right it's not something you really want to do right exactly and it's it's kind of spooky when somebody actually does get your ip address and you know send you a message through your your home network and you're like oh shit what's what is it why is my printer going crazy you know um but it's kind of shitty i don't i don't know what they're gonna how i don't I don't think this game is going to last very long, especially with all the bullshit that they keep trying to put out. And it's kind of sad that Square Enix is the ones publishing it. Like, I feel like Square is kind of falling into more of like the Activision, the EAs, and it's just kind of like, okay, well, we develop, we publish shit now and we can't get away from that. Uh my chat G nerd says that uh, he did try Marvel's Avengers and that it was just a real big letdown for him. Yeah, yeah. I almost, I almost bought it, but like looking, is it, is it out? Yeah, yeah. It's been out for like a year. Oh. Yeah, it's it's bad. I, I hear there's no end game, and the gameplay looks really blocky and choppy and and not very fluid. Um, no. That's- that's bad. So this game's been out, and then there was some update, and then everyone's IP addresses are showing. Yeah. Well, how does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Somebody okayed it, and they shouldn't have. Um, and then that's it for the news. Uh, next, we have a segment that is just like, what, what to look forward to next week? Things that are on our radar that you should be looking forward to, or we think you should be looking forward to. Um, and I, I have two of them. If you have something else, you can add it. 
but one of them is next month's PlayStation Plus games are getting revealed on Thursday, usually. PlayStation They're is not revealed already, or is it just rumors right now? No, no, it's they're not revealed yet. The next PlayStation Plus games, like the free games that you get every month, yeah. they, they usually announce um, they announce the games on Thursday, the last Thursday in in the month, and then the first Tuesday of next month of the next month is when they release it. So looking at predictions, this is a misleading title. Yeah. So. So the um, the next month's free games uh, should be revealed on Thursday this week. Um, and then also Risk of Rain 2 is getting an update on Tuesday when this goes live. Um, super exciting. I have been waiting for this update. It adds like it adds like a new character. It adds new items. It adds a new boss. And I think it adds a new biome as well. So yeah, Risk of Rain is is a roguelite multiplayer adventure. Um, it's very shooty. Um, and then rain. do you yeah, do you have any anything that you're looking forward to next week? Um well I've been seeing that predictions are for a plague tale, so I'm excited for P PlayStation. PlayStation players. To get a chance to play that game, um, yeah. Because normally I I would be that person who um, would see that pop up, and I, if I didn't know anything about it, I'd miss it. So I, I think it's great. I think it should be a PlayStation game, and the way the story is, and, and now I'm overhyping it. Um, <laughs> I just really enjoy it. Good. Pretty game. Good. And yeah. you're and you're gonna be streaming. Um, I will be on Thursday as well. Thursday. So yeah, three to six AZ time. That's at uh, twitch.tv slash mischievous vixen. Um, we'll put a link in the YouTubes and whatever. You probably get more traffic than we do, so not no yeah, worries. You guys got more followers than me. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, and then we got a next segment, which is recent reviews via Open Critic. Uh, this is just kind of like reviews from the week that uh, have more than 30 critic reviews and uh, they're games that came out recently and i just tell you what the reviews are what the scores are uh scarlet nexus uh, if you're looking forward to it has 80 out of 86 critic reviews so that's pretty good uh dungeons and dragons dark alliance has a 58 out of 51 critic reviews which is pretty shit i hear that game is very broken and you shouldn't get it uh let legend of mana Legends of Mana, Legend of Mana, as a uh, 73 out of 38 critic reviews, and Mario Golf Super Rush has 75 out of 44 critic reviews. Uh, that game also, I hear, it just isn't worth the 60 bucks. Like I feel, I I hear you get like six courses or something like that, and uh, it it just doesn't have a whole lot of content. The best the best game mode is the Rush mode. And uh, it, it just kind of dies early, is what I hear. Um, but that's it for the show. If you if you want more of this, you can follow our other LonerCast shows. You got the Jake and Corey podca- podcast every Monday. One should be going out like today. Um, but 
Jake's not here, so there's another host. Um, we got uh, Jake and Corey podcast. We also do a Loki uh, spoiler cast every Wednesday live af- right after the uh, right after we watch the show. So around eight thirty, I'd say. Um, You're saying we, but by we you mean you and Jake. Me and Jake. That's right. Me and Jake. Um, you're not here right now. Um, so yeah, we got that. And I, we're working on other things too. Um, I don't, I don't remember them off the top of my head. Uh, Danielle, has got her own streaming thing every Thursday. Like she said, from three to six, she's streaming something, whether it be neon abyss or, uh, or, or plague tale or, I don't know, something new. Anything, she's open to suggestions. I take recommendations. Recommendations. She takes recommendations. Uh, She's got Game Pass, so anything that's on Game Pass, she can download and and play on stream. Um, Follow us on Twitter. Jake, who isn't here, is at emergencypizza underscore. I am at Mm -hmm. fatal underscore microwave. And Danielle, if you would like to give away your Twitter, you can. Uh, It's real cringe, and it's also private, but, you know... Feel free to follow me and maybe I'll approve you. <laughs> it's at Mischievous Vixen. I might have to change that if I want it private. <laughs> yeah, okay. And uh, and then just watch us here on twitch.tv slash lonercast every Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, it's Monday. Every Monday, Wednesday, and uh, whenever we go live. Jake's always live. It's mostly his show, so I just take over when he's not here. Um, Thanks for watching again. And don't uh, forget the question of the week. Holy crap. Thank you so much. I'm like, you're just going and going and I'm gone. just going. All right. The, what, what is the question of the week? This, this next... week's question. Uh huh. Drum what, roll? Drum roll. I, well, I'm not going to do a drum roll. I have a very precarious setup right here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It is desk right now is a piano. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this week's question. Should more video games be based on established novels? What do you think? Let us know. This will be posted on YouTube, on YouTube. eventually. And you can Tomorrow. Yeah. Your, your comment there or just tag us in a tweet and let us know. There you go. That's a, that's a good way to do it, too. Tag us in a tweet. And yeah. we will get back to you next week. Thanks for watching the show. Thank you, Daniel, for being here. And uh, I appreciate everybody who tuned in. Uh, have a great day. If you night. haven't already, if you're watching on my stream, give Lunarcast a follow. I appreciate it. All right. See you guys later.